Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of The Horus. I'm your host, Kevin. Joining me, as always, the strongest clapper around, That's Walter. right. Never doubt. Never doubt my abilities to slap these two delicate scarecrow-like fingers together. You've, fingers, hands. You've touched my hands. You know how soft my hands are. Yeah. You, you have never worked a day in your life. <laughs> you have ridiculously soft it's, hands it's funny because i've a done a man that looks like you <laughs> i've done a lot of manual labor and my hands are still soft yeah i, I don't know what to say um i usually wear gloves when i work um yeah you gotta yeah. gotta wear gloves keep it keep them fit and fiddle it's more um, just it's really easy to fuck your hands up if you're not wearing them you know? yeah no for sure yeah, I, I always take my wedding ring off whenever I have to do anything manual oh, really? too, because I'm, I'm yeah I'm terrified of getting that snagged on something. I'm ready to just get mine tattooed on and not have a physical ring anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I've thought about it. We'll see. We'll see what I end up doing. Because I don't right. like wearing one when I type, and I have mm-hmm. a job where most of my work is sitting at a computer typing. Yeah. So it's like it's off when I'm at work. When I play video games, I take it off. Um. So it's like on for shitting and showering basically. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just sitting next to the toilet and you're like all right time to drop a deuce wedding ring on <laughs> shirt off wedding ring on <laughs> that's right <laughs> have you converted to the pooping shirtless lifestyle uh i don't i don't like being cold like that it's, i don't know it's it's too too free huh at well. that moment um, what about phone? Are you a big phone in the bathroom guy? I am. I wish I weren't. Uh, for I held off for a long time, but um, no, now I'm I'm pretty pretty hard on that phone in the bathroom game. I do I do it's, pretty it's good about disgusting. not not bringing it in. I'm pretty yeah. good if I'm at home. It's pretty easy to just leave it behind. Yeah. And people are like, how do you use the bathroom so fast? I'm like, boy, if you don't bring your phone in, you get really bored in there really fast. You can only <laughs> read the back of the shampoo bottle so many times before you're just like, all right, time to go back out, face the world. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm, I've definitely, if I could like chart a, on a graph the the length of time I spend in the bathroom, it has increased tenfold over it's the last couple of years. It's easy, disgusting. Easy to do when you have your phone in there. It's like yeah. the door is closed. It's your own little room. Nobody can bug you. Yeah. You can catch up on whatever you've been meaning to read. Maybe post a couple memes. Um, hit the boys up in the group chat. But you got to resist the temptation, you know? Yeah. I, I, I just don't have as much willpower as you do. I'm really bad about my phone in bed. That's the one thing. Yeah. I have an alarm clock. I need to get better about leaving my phone in my office and going back to using my alarm clock. For a long time, I was kind of on call for my job. So I just yeah. got used to sleeping with my phone next to me because it's like if something goes wrong, people need to call me and get a hold of me. Yeah. And now I don't have that job anymore. So I need to <laughs> I need to build back that good sleep hygiene habit of reading in bed or journaling and... Uh, not having my phone yeah. yeah yeah i try i i work really hard to not have my phone in, in bed i'm usually like, pretty good at that i got my stack of journals right here i'm ready for oh. 2023 i can't yeah. wait it's, it's in a little bag that says 2023 on it listeners it's, yeah they they sent me three bags this year and i when i ordered it i said i only wanted one pen and one bag i was like i don't i don't need three bags hmm. um, but i got three different kinds of journals so i'm excited nice yeah nice. love journaling 
yeah, that's it's good. It's healthy. Yeah, it, it definitely it's something that it's a chore when you're doing it. But at the same time, even just going back to the beginning of the year and looking through and reading what you were doing, um, you're excited about it. And I can't wait to, in 10 years, go back and read some of these old journals and be like, oh, here's a nice little memory of Walter I wrote down that day that we had fun recording our podcast you know, on <laughs> December 23rd, 2022. From your perspective. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is continues to be like pulling teeth for me. Oh, well, okay. Well, now that I know that. <laughs> what you mean? I'm sorry. I, uh, great to see you, Kevin, as always. <laughs> love you, buddy. Yeah, speaking of love you, buddy, we are talking about the French 2007 horror film about yep. a mother and her love for her unborn child. Yeah. Um, the movie's called Inside, and it is about a pregnant woman being terrorized by a mysterious woman who is obsessed with her unborn baby. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is one of the kind of new wave of French extreme horror, ultra violent, ultra gory yep. stuff uh, that I've seen a couple of. Um, and I, I chose this one uh, a little near. My, my wife is currently pregnant. Uh with our second kid and we're uh, fast approaching delivery day and it's almost Christmas around here. So I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go for it. Let's, let's pick something that like, this is designed specifically to frighten me. Do you think um, it, did it work? Were you frightened? Uh, I definitely, there's a couple notes in here where I'm just like, I've made a huge mistake. I regret everything about this. Uh, I, I wouldn't say frightened, but there are certainly some parts uh, that, made me extremely uncomfortable and squeamish more so than like, I mean the whole movie is designed for that, but on, on a much deeper, more visceral level uh, compared to the other stuff. And I think the thing that's tough about this movie is I didn't find it that extreme or gross. And the one scene Mm -hmm. that is like really shocking horror, they faded to black during it towards the end of the film. Yeah. And it's like, I think that, since we've seen some extreme gore movies before, um, the Terrifier movies, I've watched those. Mm-hmm. Um, Martyrs is like a big one because it's French. Yeah. Audition. Like that. We, we've seen the really shocking, twisted um, horror films. So this one, watching it now, it didn't hit super hard. Yeah. I'm sure in 2007, fucking 15 years ago, yeah. this, I'm sure, was... Uh, earth shattering another thing I was talking about with some friends before we started to record is something that I think extreme horror struggles with now is that um, since it's so easy to see gore on like normal social media it's not as shocking when you see it in film yeah yeah I think that's true there's uh, a little bit of the I don't want to say luster is taken away but I think we've seen kind of a more of a resurgence, resurgence in like PG-13 horror movies, like ones that don't rely on gore as much necessarily and, and kind of those big shocks, more like psychological stuff. Yeah, and we've talked about it before on here, but I definitely had the friend who was like really into extreme stuff in high school and like yeah. going to his house and he'd be like, bro, do you guys want to watch a Chechnyan soldier behead a Russian soldier? And I was like, sure. <laughs> we can watch that and so it's like after you 
see so much real gore and then you watch mm-hmm. movies. It is like there is some of it that is really shocking. Um, for sure in this movie, there's a scene that really sticks out to me. But yeah. I think a lot of the extreme gore in this fell flat. I I don't know. If we want to do impressions up front, we can or we can do them at the end. Wh- whichever's up to you. Uh, go, go ahead. I, I, I feel like you want to say I didn't care for this movie a whole lot. Sure. Um, there were some things in it that I think worked really well. Like I think mm-hmm. that they did a good job with the kind of small set space they had because most of the movie takes place in her house. I thought that worked really yeah. well. Um, but I just... There were a lot of scenes where I was really frustrated with Sarah, the main character in the film, and I was just like, you can't be this dumb. You cannot be this dumb. It is impossible for a human to be this dumb. And it was the same with the police officers that come to help her. I'm like, you guys are idiots. What are you guys doing? What's going on? I kind of thought that you would have have some things to say about Sarah and her decision-making, and I was pretty ready to defend her in most areas like she pretty early on uh full spoilers for this movie incoming folks pretty early on kills her own mother yeah um and i was like that that's gonna fuck you up for the rest of the day but then towards the end of the movie she like has a gun but then just leaves the gun yeah uh that was like oh i can't really justify that she has a chance to kill the woman who's been tormenting her all night and like save herself and her child and she just doesn't She's yeah. just like, eh, live and let live. And yeah. it's just like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but early on, um, if we want to start to go through our, our notes for this. Um, sure. The opening sequence is pretty crazy with the baby in the womb talking about how it's safe inside. No one can get to it. Mm-hmm. And then it immediately dies in a car accident. Yeah. Yeah, and my note for this is that baby got owned. Uh, loser got spawn camped. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> so the movie opens with a car accident, and it's kind of ambiguous um, what really happens because you see the baby in the womb, like hit the get jostled. Yeah, the womb sack. I don't know what the medical term for it is. <laughs> yeah, um, uh-huh. hits the womb sack, and there's like blood coming out of its nose, and you see the uh-huh. car accident. And then it cuts to a scene of a woman getting an ultrasound after a car accident. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's it's four months later after yeah. that. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. I must have yeah. missed that that note that it was four months later. I thought that was like the yeah. next scene. No, no, it's yeah, it's it's four months later, and uh, that was we we kind of get a, a a little bit of a twist ending, but that was my first red flag. Was like, there's no way that that baby was like five months along. Like they are not that fully developed. At that point, um, I, I, I defer no, to you. I, I know the, for sure. But yeah, no, it's they are not at five months. I mean, they're they're getting there, but they're not not quite like that. I don't I don't know if they like really have skin in that way. But anyway, um, but uh, so I, I I thought that was kind of a flaw. But we do find out later there's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think they they do say that it's it's four months after the accident. Uh, Sarah's husband. Uh, I believe husband has died um, in that car accident. She and the baby have miraculously survived. And then they meet a nurse who is not trying to sell her on Holy being a parent at all. So the nurse, shit, that nurse. Yeah, she's Sarah sitting in the lobby, staring at the Christmas tree, kind of, you know, fucked up survivor's guilt from her car accident. Mm-hmm. Um, and this nurse sits down. And she's like, first kid, huh? <sighs> yeah. Takes a huge drag in her cigarette. Yeah, she's, she's like, smoking. yeah, kids. Kids are a fucking nightmare. 
my first kid was the worst and it's just like yeah you are not selling this person on motherhood yeah i could talk for the rest of this episode about that nurse because i was losing my mind for every second of that scene so that nurse is the psychotic woman right i'm not or she it's not oh okay they just look i i thought that i thought that at first too yeah okay but it's it's not it's just a psychotic yeah when when we see this psychotic woman like at the beginning, like for uh, like light up her cigarette. I thought that was like, oh, it's the nurse. That's what but, I thought too. Yeah, but I, I'm almost positive that is they're two completely unrelated characters. Yeah, and then there's some pensive yeah. piano music that comes in um, when the when Sarah is like talking to her boss, and her boss is like, "It's a shame we have no one to cover these riots because uh, you're yeah. pregnant." <laughs> I didn't care for that pensive piano music coming in. I think that scene would have worked really well with like just no music. I think that was another thing in this movie that I just didn't care for was there's some soundtrack things. That I'm just like, ugh. yeah, ugh. I was, it's very noticeable and intrusive. I sometimes I noticed like every time there's kind of like a stab or like a gush of blood or something, it's punctuated or like, uh, mirrored by a sound. It's like a really screechy score. industrial yeah. score. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like yeah. someone wanted to have nine inch nails, but they couldn't afford nine inch nails, so they got <laughs> yeah the, the discounted version. Yeah, or they're just like messing around in garage bands. Like, oh, that sounds weird. Mm-hmm. Go with that. Um, but yeah, it's it's throughout the movie, and it is very. Uh, it, it's kind of like jarring and unsettling at first, but towards the end, I was like, I'm fucking sick of this. Yeah. Big time. I, I have a note at the end at about an hour and ten that I'm like, oh, the soundtrack. And going going kind of back to where we were, though, I really like the scene about 15 minutes in where Sarah is like staring at family photos of her and her husband. Yeah. And like her husband's ghost is like hugging her from behind. Um, I thought that adds a lot to her character, though, like she's just really guilty that she survived. Her husband didn't. Mm-hmm. We've get scenes of her like telling people she doesn't need help, that she can do it on her own. And I really like those scenes for for Sarah. Yeah, it's it. I think it's a good uh, indication of uh, first of all what she lost, but also the way in which she's just shutting herself off mm-hmm. from the rest of the world. Like, and she clearly doesn't seem excited at all about this baby coming. It, it may just be because of like depression and survivor's guilt, or may maybe she sees it as a burden now. It's not quite clear, but we we do definitely see that like. She is not willing to accept help from everyone, from mm-hmm. anyone, rather. Yeah, and <laughs> so the lady shows up at her house and begins yeah. terrorizing her about this mm-hmm. point in the movie, about 20-ish minutes in. Yeah. And the lady tries to perform like a C-section on her by just stabbing her in the belly button to like just cut her open with scissors. Going right for it, yeah. And I'm not a doctor. Yeah, um, but I don't think that's how C sections work. No, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's like a lateral cut. Uh, I'm not positive, but um, yeah, I don't. They, I'm, well, I mean, I'm fairly confident they don't cut at the belly button and just up like a zipper. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's that's I'm. I can say with some. Uh, There's a lot of confidence. muscles there, so it seems like it would yeah. be a bad, a bad place to try to cut. But I guess the woman who's terrorizing Sarah doesn't give a shit if Sarah lives or dies from the C-section. Yeah, no, she sure doesn't. Um, um, but it was just one of those scenes where it's like it's the first I think really shocking 
gore scene in the movie yeah. is is that attempted c-section yeah and immediately after that she like cuts because of course sarah wakes up from that um and immediately gets like a huge cut on her face mm-hmm. which she just obviously has for the rest of the movie and just like off the bat like she's horribly scarred and uh bleeding for the entire thing also right before that i gotta say like uh the the woman is just kind of standing in the bedroom watching her sleep that's like an a number one fear for me i like waking up and seeing someone just standing over me oof that's the creepiest fucking thing yeah this this movie was designed to hurt me yeah and so sarah and this woman scuffle a little bit and sarah manages to escape into the bedroom or the bathroom and lock the door from the inside um and the woman is kind of left outside and then people start showing up and at no point does sarah like scream like hey that lady's trying to kill me (laughs) stay away from her she's just like i'm just gonna leave these people downstairs to like figure it out for themselves while i sit on the floor in my bathroom like our our french house is just soundproof is every room yeah, like sound I, like she didn't hear like oh it sounds like this psycho woman's talking to my boss maybe I should like be like yo boss look out yeah I I had a lot I I was very confused about some of those scenes because yeah when the boss shows up especially I it seems like if she just like came out of the bathroom and was like hey <laughs> that lady did this to me pointing to her face like let's get her mm-hmm. um, and especially later when the cops show up like there's a hole in the bathroom door just like yell for help and yeah. they'll yeah and and when sarah kills her mom that's a scene that like i understand why because she couldn't when she right. opens the door she doesn't know who's on the other side of it she's in yeah. like animal mode um but at the same time it's like i th- i feel like there's enough you should recognize your parent yeah i'm not I don't know. It just felt weird that she like opens the door, sees her mom and just is like, see ya. Yeah. I, I wasn't quite sold on that scene. I know they're like trying to convey it. Like she's, she's just in full swing before she even realizes who it is. But it, yeah, it, uh, I don't know. I don't know if there's a way they could have shot it where I would have mm-hmm. uh, bought that situation, but it just seems like she opens the door fully, does a full swing into her mother's neck. It yep. seems like at any point she should have been able to like, Whoa, and that's not. Yeah. And I understand how her boss got killed because it's same. It's like if you're in the boss's position, you go up the stairs and you just see like your employee's mom laying on the floor dead. Yeah. I would be shocked and totally forget about the strange woman behind me yeah. that never really introduced herself. Was just kind of in my employee's house. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I totally it's, understand how how he got got. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's uh, he he and he kind of gets the most brutal death of all, but it's. It makes sense. I don't know about that. His death was brutal. Um, he gets stabbed yeah. through the back of the knee and then stabbed in the balls. Yeah. Um, definitely brutal. Stabbed in the face a bunch. Yeah. Um, and, any yeah. any sort of genital mutilation in movies is tough. Yeah. And that one, boy, they like linger on that. It's She finds the faucet in there and just turns it on. It's so much blood just pouring out of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I thought that was a shocking scene for sure. And I mean, just the way that the mom and the boss both seem like good people. Like we have no reason to be mm-hmm. like, oh, see ya. That's what you get for making me work weekends, loser. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you totally feel for those deaths and they are like really shattering to Sarah. So this is kind of a point too where I really start to kind of look beyond 
her not being rational because she just saw like two people that are really close yeah. to her get smoked. Um, but there are a bunch of other people in this movie that I'm just like, you should know better. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> so um, Sarah has called for the police and they said they're going to check on her later on because um, they go by the first time and they don't see this woman. They assume the house is empty. And then the police come back by later on. And this is where I really stop being patient with people making bad decisions. <laughs> yeah. The, the police get suspicious enough that they go, Oh, they, they notice that she's not pregnant. Mm-hmm. The, the woman who answers the door. Um, and so they go back in, but uh, once they're inside, they kind of forget everything that they're doing and manage to get got by this lady big time way too easily. Um, yeah. It's just kind of crazy that they go, they know something's wrong because it's not a pregnant woman that answers the door. Yeah. And I understand the one police officer that the woman kills because he's trying to handcuff her and she like surprise attacks him with a knitting needle. Yeah. Um, they are not sturdy enough that you can stab someone through the skull like that. Um, uh, does she get does she get him in the eye? She gets him in the eye first and then stabs him through the skull. Oh, does she? Okay. Yeah. And I understand that guy getting killed because he was like surprised but as soon as the other cop that goes upstairs has to step over a dead body to get into the bathroom to find sarah it's like this is the point where you radio for backup this is where you're just like hey yo i just found a dead body this is where i'm at (laughs) swing on by if you guys have some extra patrolmen but he does none of that he's just like hyper focused on trying to talk to Sarah and then the woman sneaks up behind him and blows his brains out with the pistol. Yeah. That's, that's a, a pretty good uh, effect of a head just yeah. getting blown to bits. That yeah. was, that was one of the scenes that I thought was uh, really shocking. That was one that yeah. I put a note that I was like, you know, this is good effects. And it's mm-hmm. like, it kind of comes out of nowhere. Cause you don't hear her walking or running up the stairs. It's just like the dude talking to her and he's like, you're going to be all right. Boom. And then the side <laughs> yeah. of his head is Head's just like a just cantaloupe. Gone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, to touch on the second one you said, yeah, I was watching this movie and I was just like, do they not have radios? Do French police not have radios? And I, like that third cop who comes in is like, you have a cell phone. We saw your cell phone. Like, I, call for help. I get the impression that these guys were supposed to be like kind of undercover police officers because they were at a riot, that they were oh, looking for like maybe. agitators. But at the yeah. same time, we're not doctors. We're also not police. Yeah. Shock. Um, yeah. So I don't know if undercover agents have like a nice big portable radio. It's also 2007. So I don't know if they have Baofangs or whatever, whatever the hot radio brand was in 2007 mm-hmm. um, with them, like police officers would have now. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like we know they have cell phones. We see the guy yeah. in his car chatting on the cell phone. There's a lengthy scene of a guy using a cell phone. Yeah, and the, the officer yeah. in the car, he hears two gunshots, and he's not like, I should phone for backup. Yeah, gunshots yeah, like, in this house where this woman said she's being terrorized by a stalker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He just He's like, oh, hold on, honey. I just heard some gunshots. I got to go. And like hangs up yeah. on his girlfriend. And then like, all right, now let me handcuff some dead weight to my back as yeah. I go inside. And, yeah, he, yeah. He drags some totally innocent prisoner into this whole thing as well, which also was just wild. And hands him a tear gas gun or something. Yeah, or beanbag gun or something. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's supposed to be some kind of riot control gun or something. But yeah, when I, when I saw him pull it out, I was like, what the fuck is that giant thing? Yeah, it's like a blunderbuss. 
Yeah. I was like, are French police still using blunderbusses over there? <laughs> or are they trying to arrest Davy Jones? <laughs> so, like I said, I, I just really had no patience for like how kind of silly some of these scenes of the police are. And something I think the movie does really well is like it does show um, women committing violence in like a really realistic manner. It's not like a Marvel movie where she does like a jumping, spinning heel kick and kick someone's head off or anything crazy sure, like that. Yeah. It's like very grounded, very realistic violence. And that is part of like what makes it shocking. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It, yeah. I mean, we talk about uh, characters kind of being oblivious or, or not behaving as they should, but it, it like the kills themselves don't seem out of, uh, out of the realm of possibility. Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, it's just like even even stuff like the the woman that's talking here not having like the physical strength to kick a door in, I thought was like really right. nice and realistic because I, yeah. I, I think movies make kicking a door in look really easy. Mm-hmm. And I, I, yeah, it's not <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> even even those shitty flimsy doors like most apartments have that are just like the two two thin pieces of wood with the cardboard hexagons inside for rigidity still harder to kick in than you would expect. Yeah. And if you kick in and just put your foot through the door, then it's like your leg is just stuck there. Mm -hmm. Very easy for someone to just be like, yeah, I'm stabbing your leg. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I thought those, that was all really, really well done in this movie. But the third cop to go in sees the carnage that's unfold, gets up to Sarah. Sarah confirms there's someone in the house killing everybody. And instead of just being like, okay, Follow us. We're going outside. We're yeah, bringing you with us. He's just like, oh, your your fuse box is blown. Let me go fix your fuses real quick. Yeah. It's like, this is not the time to be Tim Allen. All right? Yeah. You, you don't need to be fixing anything in here, man. <laughs> yeah. It, it's such a strange thing. And then they're like, you you go wait in the bedroom while I go fix the fuse box. Like, no, just leave, man. Yeah. Just get out of the house. Yes. What my, are you doing? My note for that scene is take her outside. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, take her outside, put her in the squad car, and drive away. Yeah. It's like, your your two partners are fucking dead. Like, there's no mistaking. Like, one of them has no head anymore, and the other one, like, is pretty clearly, like, not breathing. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's time to go. And maybe I missed this, but... So, Sarah eventually goes downstairs after the third police officer gets smoked. I'm trying to fix her fuse box. Um, was Sarah locked in the house? She couldn't just like walk out her front door and be like, damn, poof, crazy night when she walks downstairs. I didn't understand what was going on. I, uh, does she? Cause I remember she, she goes downstairs after, uh, like the woman comes in and she is like kind of weirdly caressing her and almost kissing her. And then Sarah like bites her lip mm-hmm. and then she runs downstairs. Um, but then I think just gets cornered in the kitchen. But yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't think there's any reason she can't leave uh, other than, you know, paralyzed by fear. Again, uh, I'll, I'll cut her a little bit of slack um, in in this matter. But uh, and, and it's it's very hard for a pregnant woman to run. Um, I my I would describe my wife's pace currently as glacial. It's <laughs> she's she's going nowhere fast. Right yeah, now. but I mean, it's it's. She said she lives in a neighborhood. And she said there's other houses around early in the film, so it's like she can get it said and be like, "Help, you know, please, I need someone." Help. Yeah, 
Um, I I know I, we don't get a good idea of her neighborhood, but I was just like, there have been gunshots. Did anyone hear those gunshots? And this is France, so you like guys like aren't used to hearing gunshots. I guess there's riots going on. Maybe that could kind of explain. But I didn't get the impression that it was like nearby there. Yeah, I mean, I think taking place. I think they bring that up that there's riots going on, and I think she says like this is always a quiet neighborhood. So I didn't yeah. even think about that. That the gunshots, the neighbors should be like, damn, those yeah. gunshots. Um, yeah. But I also, I don't know. I don't know if French people would recognize. I assume French people would recognize gun or firework sounds, and it's not like a fireworks season. They'd be like, hmm, fireworks yeah. on Christmas, huh? Yeah. It Sarah's seems... Sarah's going crazy over at her house. <laughs> fireworks are a yeah. New Year's thing, Sarah. Yes. However, she wants to cope with the passing of her husband. I mean, that's that's on her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, um, bu- 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 we get to kind of the last scenes, and all of this to get out. And Sarah tries to kill herself. I didn't understand what she was doing at that scene either, where she oh fights fights the woman in the kitchen, gets a slight advantage, um, and then stabs herself in the neck with the knitting needle. So okay, so first. Uh... I want to briefly touch on it. She like threatens to stab her baby mm-hmm. first of all before that, which is pretty fucking wild. And also, kind of the moment where I was like, "Oh, I don't think you're gonna survive this, Sarah." Yeah, <laughs> like you. Uh, so you can't you can't walk yourself back from that. Um, but I think uh, the woman hits her with a toaster or something at yeah. that point, and I think she like hits her in the neck. And so when Sarah stabs herself, it's to like do a tracheotomy. That's also like what I thought that she was trying to airway. clear her airway. But yeah, um, I, I wasn't clear first. And for a second, I thought she was just trying to kill herself. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, dark ending. Yeah. My movie, um, my note here is all of this just to kill herself. Then my next note a minute later is what is going on. Yeah. So I, I, I didn't see anything that like really made me think that Sarah had like lost the ability to breathe through her mouth and nose, maybe getting hit in the head with the toaster fucked her up big time. Yeah, um, it's I like it's, I kind of only put that together after I realized it was like once we like kind of see her like breathing through the hole in her neck. But um, it's it was very unclear. I did. I had like I had no clue up until that point, obviously, that like she was struggling to breathe or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, she I will, also I oh, will say um, kudos to this movie for having a toaster as a weapon. Yeah. I, I always give big props when people are willing to take that risk of someone using a toaster as a, a mace. It's they can be quite chunky. Yeah. My, I mean, I, I've got a I got a shitty little plastic one. I, I'm not going. I'm not caving anyone's neck in with that. But. I've I've been thinking about buying a toaster from the 50s on eBay. Yeah, um, for home defense. <laughs> apparently, it's the best toaster ever made. That there's yeah. no heat setting on it. It uses the weight of it. it, it <laughs> oh, I was like, this is the toast you get. <laughs> no, I'll it, tell you what toast you it get. It uses the weight of the bread to mm. set off some mechanism, and it just always comes out perfect. Even if your bread is frozen, um, it still comes out like perfectly toasted. So hmm. I've, I've been thinking about buying one off of eBay. It's a Sunbeam toaster from the 50s. Wow. Yeah. But why don't we have that technology anymore? Why don't we just put that in there? There's a lot of things for home appliances that i feel like have just gotten worse like microwaves i feel like microwaves kind of suck i feel like they peaked in the 90s Mm -hmm. um well yeah there certainly is i don't know necessarily microwaves but 
certain technology has planned obsolescence well, built just, into it. I don't I don't want a microwave that has Wi-Fi that will like text me when I'm at the grocery store like you need right. you need more Tostinos pizza rolls. Um <laughs> it's like I fucking know. That's why I'm here. <laughs> it's like I don't I don't want that. I want a microwave with like a humidity sensor in it maybe or something so like yeah it has a better idea of when food is cooking when i just hit the reheat button on my pizza rolls yeah i don't i don't need wi-fi on my microwave (laughs) i don't need a smart microwave i we got a a new washer and dryer this year and there's some like wi-fi feature with it uh that i can like hook up with a smartphone i i don't even know what it does because like i don't I'm always here when I to load my laundry. What do you What do you mean? I can start it from afar. What do you mean? I think it's I think it's so that you can start your laundry when you're at work. I guess, but it's like then you just come home to a bunch of wet laundry that it's like been sitting in there for eight hours or six hours while you're at work. It's like what What do I want this for? Yeah, I know. I mean, I guess you could start it like an hour before you leave, but even then, like. I understand it for some stuff like my grill has uh, wireless communications on it. Mm -hmm. So when I'm at work, I can adjust the temperature on my grill or I can see like my thermometer, my probe for my meat is like hitting temperature and I can shut my grill down. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. I understand. Slow cooking though. Yeah. I understand that use case way, way way more than the laundry machine Mm -hmm. or the fridge. Fridges, smart fridges make no sense to me. They're like, Oh, this fridge has a giant LCD screen on the front so that you can like see what's in the fridge without opening the door. It's like, okay, <laughs> I, I guess that's useful. So it's like I minimize the amount of time I'm in and out of the fridge to get something. But it's like, it just seems like another thing to break on your fridge. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. I, and if it, I feel like if that it's a domino, if that one goes down, it takes the whole thing with it. I'm not sure. Maybe I've just been like working on my car too much this week where I'm just like every fucking tiny thing breaks and then <laughs> well, it's all shit. Cars, cars are another one where it's like I yeah. like my new truck, but I do not like all of the touch screens in it. Because sure. when you're driving yeah. in the wintertime and you have gloves on, you can't oh, yeah, yeah. use anything. That's and it's useless. like the yeah. only thing I can use is the, the temperature control because it's all buttons. Mm-hmm. And it's like, can I please have an option to have a traditional button interface head unit for my stereo. And it's also crazy because my car from the nineties had like a smart display in it Mm -hmm. um, because it was a Buick. It was a a luxury car (laughs) and I could see a lot more statistics about my car. Like I could see oil pressure. I could see my compression for all of my cylinders. I could see, my battery charge in and my battery charge out. Mm. Like I could see all kinds of stuff in this shitty 1997 Buick park Avenue (laughs) and my new truck. I can see tire pressure, a compass and that's it. And it's like, I want to know what my oil temperature is right now. Hmm. That to me is something where it's cold as fuck out. It's like, Oh, what is my oil temperature when I start my car up? Like is my Mm. oil pad, uh, is my oil heater working when I have my car plugged in? You know, it's stuff that I'm just curious about. Yeah. We're booming hard right now. It's so fucking hard. 
And another thing. <laughs> I, I, got, I got nothing else. So uh, back to the movie. We're pretty close to the end here. Yeah. Um, yeah this- boy, when she when she burns off the woman's face, that flame. It, it's a it's a hard metal scene, but that flame does not look great. It doesn't it doesn't look great, but the all of the effects for the gore in this look really good. Yeah, the, the like the, the burns look good. The CGI like the baby yeah. does not hold up. The yeah. CGI fire does not hold up, but the yeah. very cheesy, too red, too sticky blood that they have holds up really mm. well. Yeah. It's I, I don't care if a movie has like the most realistic blood effects around. I kind of like the cheesy um yeah, red syrup I don't, blood. I don't, I yeah, I I feel like I've talked about this before, but like the more realistic it gets, kind of the less I enjoy it, which mm-hmm. I guess is not that strange to say, but um yeah, it, or for someone who like enjoys those like makeup effects and stuff, I I do like a little bit of like um artistic uh, license. Yeah, yeah, some like dissonance from what it's supposed to actually be, yeah. And this is about the time I think where the the soundtrack is too punctuating. Yeah. Um, this is where I have a note that I'm just like I'm really tired of this soundtrack. And this is the scene where it's going full hog. We're seeing the lady's burned face. Sarah mm. standing over her with her homemade spear. Yeah. And the soundtrack's just going berserk. Mm-hmm. I I do love a good uh, gearing up scene when like she's putting together a spear and yeah, that was i like i like the use of her uh like camera flash to light up the the room mm-hmm. um but yeah no the then it does uh smack you in the face with that um that soundtrack yep right and before the the big twist yeah the so the big twist is one of the police officers is not quite dead yeah. oh i I'm skipping ahead. Uh, the big twist is that when yeah, Sarah's like, oh, you think that's the twist? <laughs> when Sarah's about to finish off this woman who's been tormenting her, she mm-hmm. finds out that the woman is the person she got in the car crash with, and yeah. that Sarah and her husband killed her unborn baby. So this woman's plan for revenge is to take Sarah's baby from her yeah. um, to replace the baby that she lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I did not see that coming though. Like I said, I. In retrospect, probably should have because that baby was way too developed for uh, mm-hmm. five months. Yeah, and I I should have seen it coming because I saw the poster for this movie, and the poster oh, yeah. shows her in it. Um, I thought oh, really? I thought the twist was going to be um, that Sarah was like delusional, and that this mm. other woman was I, Sarah's child. I was really worried something like that was going to happen. Yeah, um, yeah, I. I don't know why I had some inkling that like there was going to be, I, I don't have, have you ever seen high tension? Mm-mm. Uh, no, that, or hot tension, however it's pronounced in French, but that's another one of these French, uh, movies. And that one has a twist ending that in my opinion, uh, ruins the whole fucking movie. I but I was, yeah, I, nice I was like Shyamalan twist. Yeah. To like such a degree. It was like, so, did anything that we saw actually happen kind of thing? Did, um, did you see men? Uh, yeah, we talked about men. Yeah, yeah, that men has a similar twist where it like her friend shows up at the end and is like, what are you doing? And it's like, did any of this happen? Like, yeah. Huh? Is her friend just insane? It's, and she terrorizes village of like British, <laughs> British people are scary enough on their own. But it's like, <laughs> yeah. did she just terrorize this village of British people? Like what, what was going on in this movie? Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so I, I was worried that this movie was going to have some like weird psychological horror twist like that. Um, so I, I was kind of, uh, I don't want to say like pleasantly surprised, but like uh, take, taken, uh, but taken by surprise that like that was the twist and it kind of made sense mm-hmm. like why and why things fit together so well. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, it obviously this lady goes all the way crazy. I, I do like, there's a line earlier where like, Sarah says, "Like, uh, what kind of man would want to fuck a crazy woman like you?" I was Plenty. like, "Oh, they're they're out there." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. When uh, when no. <laughs> when, it, when you realize that this whole woman's thing is she's just like wants a baby, it's like, lady, there are plenty of men that yeah, yeah. will put up with you. Um, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's different. Breeding fetish is a thing. It's like <laughs> maybe French. Maybe Frenchmen are different. Maybe they're like, oh, uh, <laughs> no, s'il vous plaît, she's too crazy for me. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this objectively attractive woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with a really unfortunate gap in her teeth. Sure, sure. But some guys, I, some guys no. are into that. Yeah, some guys Look, like a gappy think, smile. I don't think it brings the whole whole thing down. It's not like not like the twist in high tension doesn't ruin the whole thing. That it's, gap in her teeth. It's tough when you're yeah when it's two traditionally attractive men talking about it because it's <laughs> that's, that's right yeah more perfect, we're so. so high up on the pedestal we have to look down yeah on these hideous peons below us and and render our judgment. French people they are notoriously ugly, but they're very yeah. life affirming. They love living. You know they love food, they mm. love smoking cigarettes, and they love sex. So much so, yeah, and that again, just like the nurse, that the crazy lady smokes so much around a pregnant woman. I just want to be like, Do you want this baby or not? (laughs) You know, back in the day, the advice from doctors used to be like, Oh, you have narrow hips, you should smoke so that you have a small baby. Um, Jesus Christ, (laughs) doctors were wild. It's, it's, yeah, man, when you read, I'll do it. Yeah, when you read old like medical practice stuff and then you see how much people are just like doctors are literally the smartest people alive. It's like, no, doctors used to believe in eugenics. Um, doctors yeah. used to think that you could tell how smart races races were by measuring their skulls. It's like, <laughs> right. maybe, yeah, maybe was... we should slow down on portraying <laughs> doctors as just like heroes. Yeah. So it's, yeah. But... We get that twist, um, which I mm-hmm. thought was good. I didn't. I didn't see it yeah. coming at all. I thought it really yeah, worked. And then um, we get what I thought was the most shocking scene of this movie, yeah. which is uh, Sarah yeah. finding out this woman was the person involved in the car accident and mm-hmm. backing away from her up the stairs. And while she's on the stairs, she starts to give birth. Yeah, and Th- this is after the the cop who's been blinded and deafened uh, and blinded yeah i yeah and is is suffering from some severe brain damage probably yeah i i uh, skipped over that i should not have but that that cop goes sicko mode with his nightstick yeah on the pregnant I, woman's stomach oh did not care for that he, one bit let me tell you he is only going for the gut <laughs> he's, yeah he's like he's, <laughs> He doesn't think Sarah's the one who hurt him. He thinks that baby is the one who fucking shot him in the head with a beanbag. He's like going to kill that baby. Yeah, there's a scene where he hits her in the gut and then you just see nothing but blood spray out from under Sarah. You're just like, oh, yeah, oops. It's like that's oh, that was that was very painful for me to watch. It was brutal. 
But I, yeah. like I said, this this scene coming up with Sarah crawling up the stairs and yeah. this half-burned, barely-alive woman um, helping Sarah give birth and Sarah being like, oh, the baby's stuck. And she's like, didn't have to tell me twice. <laughs> yeah. she, All right, then. She pulls out yeah. her scissors and like just cuts her stomach open to get the baby yeah. out. And they block a lot of the, a lot of the gore from it. Like we don't have to see the lady like, again, I don't know the medical term for it. Cutting open the womb sack. I don't, what does the baby float uh, around in? Uh, the goo bag. It's called a goo bag. Sure. I know yeah. that you're supposed to eat the placenta after birth, but that's all yeah. I know. And the, yeah, the yeah, husband's yeah. supposed to bite through the umbilical cord, right? That's right. Yeah. I just, just gnaw away at it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like a, it's like a particular, it's like snapping into a Slim Jim. If that, <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's the easiest way to do it. They, they don't really show a whole lot of gore for that, which I thought was strange because the movie at this point has really demonstrated that it's like, it's not scared to show you fucked up stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of wonder why they faded to black during that scene, and we don't actually see her ripping Sarah open, cutting open the sack where the baby is, and pulling the baby out um, from yeah. her. Maybe My, that was too shocking for French audiences. Maybe, maybe it was like a budgetary thing. Like you have to build a whole body for that. But I, yeah, it, it did seem odd, and kind of we we cut to. The face of black, and then we cut to um the woman mm-hmm. carrying the baby over to a rocking chair, and then it like fades back. We see that Sarah is for sure dead. So big time, yeah. Entrails uh, everywhere, yeah, yeah. Real, real rough stuff. But um, yeah. Then the the woman just rocks the baby. Again, I'm not a doctor, but I it was I was under the impression <laughs> sure. that when you are pregnant, your uh-huh entrails your entrails sit behind the the fluid sack where the baby is um and that like the baby is like between the sack and the skin on the front so i didn't understand why her intestines were hanging out unless she was like rooting around in there after she got the baby to be like oh what's what's behind (laughs) this there's only the one right let me Oh, I feel some. Uh, uh, oh no, it's a spleen. That was a spleen. That's my bad. Sorry, Sarah. Yeah, oh, you. Because I was under the impression when babies kick, if they're not kicking outward, they're kicking inward, and it's like not yeah. not good times if the baby's like, "Yo, let me take your kidneys to Pound Town." Yeah. Um. I. I. I mean, I can only go off what uh, my wife tells me, but it's it sounds real fucking unpleasant when uh <laughs> when the baby when. When they kick in any direction, but especially back up inside her. Yeah. I, yeah. I've never been pregnant, so. Yeah. Um, Yet. True. I, I could be like Junior. Yeah. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger right. and Junior. Yeah. Boy, that's a fucking horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, the movie's over at this point. The woman wins in the end and gets the baby. Um, her face is severely burned. She's committed yeah. many murders. She is not going to be Super fucked up. able yeah. to hide very well with like her burned face and again not a doctor but i think burns are super dangerous because it's really easy to get an infection with the, the yeah. surface area that bacteria can get into yeah that makes sense and uh, she there was quite a bit of surface area yeah on her her whole face yeah yeah and that baby's for sure gonna throw up right on that surface area like yeah i so i just i don't i don't know what her game plan was it seemed wild to me um but yeah i'm not a yeah, baby obsessed french woman so <laughs> yeah i it's 
I know it was a little unclear to me, like if she regretted what she did. No, uh, I don't think so. You don't think so? Okay. Not at all. Uh, um, no. I think she really wanted revenge on Sarah, and I think that she felt satisfied that she got this baby and was like getting away. Kind of. I mean, the movie's kind of ambiguous with the clothes. Um, I did like that last shot of her in the rocking chair yeah. in the red light. I it is. That was it cool. is a very creepy, kind of beautiful last shot. But mm-hmm. yeah. I, I kind of it, on the staircase it, it seemed like there was some hesitation or like she she did want to help Sarah but obviously chose uh saving the baby over doing anything to help uh Sarah again almost positive it's like a lateral cut for the c-section you don't start at the belly button and go up we need um, to get a medical expert on that's right yeah um and let me get my wife down here. She can just describe what it's like to be pregnant. Um, <laughs> watching this movie, it made me think about how, like, the movie Alien is all about how the biggest fear for a man is to be, like, raped and become pregnant. Oh, I didn't. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Because you get uh, the facehuggers, like, rape you in the face. Sure. And then, uh, then you have this little thing growing inside of you that bursts out of your chest. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it's fucking scary as shit. Oh, yeah, I didn't. I don't, Again, I've never been pregnant, but I've never been terrified of becoming pregnant or fatherhood. It's um, yeah, maybe yeah. I'm the freak. Maybe I'm the alien. Yeah, probably. Yeah, or it's it seems really unpleasant. Or like, maybe I'm just like men for tens of thousands of years who are like, yeah, fatherhood seems dope. I'm gonna get my wife yeah. pregnant. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, you're the you're the weirdo. Oh. To be clear, <laughs> okay. love love being the father. It's good times. Anyway, um. I'm playing this for your kids when they turn 18. Like, your, yeah, I know. Your I'm so worried that, like, I'm, I'm got, I got, we got to record a special episode that's just me, like, telling my kids how much I love them. Yeah. Anyway, I, I was gonna say, I think, I think media really tries to portray men as being scared of being dads, but it's like, I don't know. We've been yeah. doing it for tens of thousands of years. I think that a lot of guys yeah. like being dads. I, I was nervous, but I, like, no, I, I not. I, I certainly now uh, this deep into it, I'm not there's, afraid of it. There's a lot of things you go through in life where you're nervous for doing it, like getting married. And yeah. um, it's not like a, a nervousness, I think, out of fear. It's just like you don't want to fuck up, I guess, maybe. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'll have to think about it a bit, a bit more, I guess. But anyways, back to the yeah. film. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I read it a little bit ambiguous. Um, or, or like I, I felt like maybe... When she like reveals who she is to Sarah, they they have some connection. That's when they back off, and then they have to kind of team up to defeat that policeman, uh, or or at the very least, like the woman protects her from the policeman. Um, well, they so had to, yeah, they that, had to team up to defeat the final boss, pregnancy or giving birth. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> as uh, you know, Sarah's got those narrow hips. She should have been smoking <laughs> the whole time. Um. But yeah, so I, I, I wasn't quite sure how to read it, but I, um, I was also like, I, I also at first thought that like the woman was dying as well, so I was very stressed. Like, hey, is someone gonna find that baby? Who's gonna find that baby? Yeah, are gonna are cops gonna come by tomorrow because there's like three dead cops here and find that baby? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure what we're supposed to quite take away from it. Yeah, Other my than that, big it's just unsettling. My big takeaway from the movie was that. Um, you know, if you die and you are leaving behind a pregnant wife, yeah. sucks. 
Yeah. You shouldn't have died, loser. <laughs> Seems real bad. Yeah. You should have tried harder. You should have worn your seatbelt, dork. Because <laughs> um, his head smashes into the window. So it's like, did they not have the passenger seat bag on? Which is yeah. a very cheap way to live your life. Because to, <laughs> to, you can turn in, in cars, you used to be able to turn off the seat bag if you put the key yeah. in the seat bag thing. And only the cheapest people alive would be like, Oh, well, if we get into a car accident, I don't want to have to pay for two new airbags. I just want the yeah. one. It's like, how cheap are you? <laughs> yeah. Um, or he wasn't wearing his seatbelt, which to me, not wearing a seatbelt seems very French. Where they're like, oh, you hey, know, say yeah. es la vie or whatever that, you know, it is yeah. what it is. Stupid French saying is. Mm-hmm. And you, you were pretending to smoke a cigarette as you did it, as all French people. I I know in the other hand, it was just out of frame, but I know there was baguette. like a glass of wine. Oh. Yeah, a baguette, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> Sets the wine down, picks up the baguette, of course. Yeah, I'm not uh, a I'm not a Francophile, in case yeah. the audience is curious. That's I don't think anyone was <laughs> guessing that. I don't like any Europeans, all right? Yeah. Europe, get it out of here. Um but yeah, so I don't know I'm still kind of conflicted on this movie. Like, there are some parts of it that work very well with some very suspenseful bits. A few weeks ago, when we covered Blood Rage, like my my kind of take on that was like the, the this movie feels the same. Where it's like I have a really great idea, a g- great premise for the movie, and a a good kind of shocking ending, and then the other person's like. Great. What happens in the middle? And they're like, uh, I don't know. Like people show up and they get murdered. Yeah. Like okay, but what happens once those people get murdered? I don't know. Like, like more cops show up. Like how many? Like four? Four? That's a lot. All right. Then one of them's just like a prisoner. Three cops and a prisoner. I don't know. And then they get stabbed. I don't know. Um. I um, yeah. I'm in the same boat as you. Where it's like, there are definitely things in this movie that worked really well. There were two scenes, um, like we've mentioned, that I personally found really shocking. One of them, yeah. they ended too early for it to be like hit a point where you're just like, whoa, this is too much. I want this to be over. I want yeah. off Mr. Bones wild ride, please. <laughs> yeah. um, but just there were so many just like things where people had to be totally brainless for the movie to sure. escalate to this point. That just to me makes the middle part of this really feel like a lost opportunity. And I, yeah, I gave I, this movie I, a one and a half on Letterboxd. Oh, wow. um, I think it would have been three if people had made rational decisions in the middle. And it's like, if they had just had one scene where the officer's like, hey, we got officers down, we got a bunch of dead bodies here, and dispatch was like, all other cars are at the riots right now. Like, we can't send anybody, you're on your own. I would have, that, that one thing alone would have escalated this movie so much up, like the star chart for me. Yeah. Yeah, I I kind of get it. I like I said, I I tried to be a little forgiving of of kind of like care decisions, especially in what are supposed to be these awful, terrifying situations. Mm-hmm. But I can definitely see your point where it's it's kind of a series of that in this movie of of like characters not doing that one obvious thing, and like if if I, I definitely see your point. Is like if someone just did that one obvious thing once and then it gets thwarted, I'll be I'll be all right. Yeah, and um, it's I I. Don't like doing the cinema sins movie critique yeah. of like here are all the plot holes, but there's just yeah, some yeah. of them where it just it feels to me like police officers would know better than to make those mistakes. Yeah, and 
uh, yeah, I, I think this, I, I think I wrote a note that like this would have worked well as like a short film, mm-hmm. but it, it does feel like kind of the middle hour of this 80 minute movie, 85 minute movie uh, is sort of just filler mm-hmm. uh, and sort of just like filling it with like shocking, gory scenes to sort of justify itself. I appreciated how efficient this movie was with its time. That was something that I thought yeah. was really good too. And I think the soundtrack was just another thing that like really pulled me out of the movie. Like the just, mm-hmm. it was so annoying at some part, at some parts in this movie. <clears throat> and I mean, like I said earlier, the sets were good. Um, or I should say working within the limited set space they had was really good. The effects were really good. I think the acting was good too yeah um sarah so. was really believable and a lot of the scenes yeah. were like she's supposed to be shocked and terrified i was like yep i'd be shocked and terrified yeah yeah um, seems real scary the situation yeah but it's just some of those some of the things that didn't work like just pulled the movie down big time for me because mm. it's like there's supposed to be key elements in the film you know yeah yeah and yeah i mean this is obviously a pretty bare bones plot very lean mm-hmm. intentionally lean plot um, but yeah, that kind of only uh, gives more room for like those those flaws to stand out a little bit. Well, speaking of our flaws standing out, how do you think you would have done if <laughs> you were in this great movie? Great segues today. Um, yeah, boy, I if someone if I woke up and someone was like stabbing me in the belly button with scissors, I I think I'm done for. I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't feel pretty. Com- I don't feel very confident that I would survive. I, yeah. To be I fair, as we're both husbands, we would have died in the car accident. In this movie. That's true. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I would have had my seatbelt on. I would have been like, yeah, I'm a big. Yeah. As soon as I get in the car, I'm putting the seatbelt on. Oh, absolutely. Before the keys in the ignition, yeah. you, turn, you put the seatbelt on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Click it or ticket worked on me. Um, oh, absolutely. Dare, yeah, yeah. dare trying to scare drugs away from me didn't work, but the. <laughs> Them showing us videos of people dying in car accidents in middle school is like, fuck, dude, I'm wearing my seatbelt all the time. Yeah. There, there's like a Bill Nye the Science Guy episode where they like show you how important bike helmets are. And boy, I was like, you got me, Bill. I will absolutely wear my bike helmet until the day I die. You know, people have tried to say that bikers that wear helmets are more willing to take risks than bikers that aren't wearing helmets. Thus, helmets are dangerous for bikers to Mm. wear and it's one of those things where it's like you know (laughs) it doesn't take much to permanently screw up your brain you can be standing still on your bicycle and fall over and because you have this demon machine between your legs (laughs) yeah you can't really twist your body around to make sure you're landing with your both of your hands down so you don't slam your head into the ground it's mm-hmm. like it really only takes one little fall to like permanently scramble your brain. And so even if you're just standing there with a bike, it's like, I don't know. To me, wearing the helmet feels safe. It feels safer. Yeah. No, for ab- absolutely. I I very much have the rest. I haven't, uh, you know, I don't have, uh, ridden the bike in many years. But if I were to, I'd definitely slap a helmet on. And I my rationale is like I... Spent a lot of time and money getting this education, and I look like a fucking dork every day doing it. So I'm not going to worry about looking uncool now mm-hmm. and jeopardize it all. Yeah, I don't. I ride my bike all the time in the summertime here. I don't mind wearing a helmet. It's, yeah, I'm already. I already have a backpack because when I get to work, I don't want to be like 
sitting in my cube with like biking stuff on, like clicking away with my biking jersey and shorts on. Yeah. Um, so I bring a change of clothes so I can ch- change when I get to work. <laughs> um, so I already look like a dork riding with a backpack. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, nobody, I've never seen anyone on a bicycle that I'm like, damn, they look fucking cool. <laughs> um, it's just like a lifted truck. I've never seen a lifted truck where I'm like, dude, that guy's so cool. I want to be like him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, they've got the biggest dicks. Mm-hmm. Those lifted trucks, guys. That's that's why it's lifted so they can better hoist themselves inside. Um, I can hear someone down the street revving their truck engine right now. Oh, a cool guy. Let's let's all stand and clap for him. <laughs> I always ask my wife when we see him, like, do you what do you think about these like super jacked up cars we'll see around like the you know, the over the top spoiler or the tuned exhaust and she's like I don't notice them at all. <laughs> so I don't know. They they all infuriate my wife. She like I she, she's firmly in the camp of like that guy's got a small dick and I hate him. I think it's one of those things where I think that, that um people originally get into it because they think it's gonna help them meet girls. But I think yeah. they just get into it more because it helps them make friends with other dudes that like have a shared hobby. Cause it's sure. like lifting weights. I think a lot of dudes who start going to the gym regularly are like, dude, if I get buff, chicks are going to love my muscles. And it's like yeah. the only people that are going to be like, bro, nice insertions. Dude, you're looking shredded <laughs> are other men. It's the yeah. same with having a beard. The only people that are going to be like, bro, nice beard are other men. Yeah. Yeah. I've been getting a lot of compliments on my beard and it's 100% from other dudes. Yeah. yeah. Women will be like, you have nice eyes or I like your glasses. Yeah. So for all the males out there trying to get a girlfriend, accessorize. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's the secret. Maybe watch Drive six or seven times and like come up with your own cool aesthetic. Yeah, that's... Uh, okay, sure. <laughs> I was going to say maybe develop a personality. And I don't know if Drive's the best way to do that, but you know. He's got a great personality. He's a nice guy. He's mm-hmm. willing to you know date a woman who's married and semi-divorced. She's prison divorced. Uh-huh. Um, she's got a kid. You yeah. know, people around the guy around him seem to think he's like a good worker. He seems seems fine to me. Yeah, he's got a sweet yeah. jacket. Yeah, I mean, look, no one's denying he's got a sweet jacket. I wasn't. I wasn't saying anything about the jacket, but the jacket's not the personality. <laughs> see, you fall into it. That's why you think accessorizing is the key. I see now. A jacket's a replacement for a personality. Yeah, that's. <laughs> That's the substitute. Then once you get them back to your home and take off the jacket, it's too late. You know, though if you got a jacket yeah. that cool, the ladies will be like, leave it on. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm just imagining a man standing with no pants, socks on, no pants, and his jacket on, preparing for sex. <laughs> yeah. Really important. The jacket stays on. It's really important. It stays on. <laughs> well, I don't. Is there uh, is anything else we need to cover with this, or can we? I don't think. Did, would you survive if the the woman was in in your house cutting at your belly button? Oh yeah, no problem. Yeah, you think? You, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. Home intruder. I fantasized about that for years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like waking up from like dead asleep, I think you'd still overpower I'm her. Hitting the false headboard that I have at my bed, so my uh-huh. shotgun drops in my hands, and I'm <laughs> of course beat yeah. on her. She's gone. Yeah. Um, no, I think that if I woke up and there was someone in my apartment, um, I don't know. I don't. I think I would attack them. 
I don't think it'd be like, whoa, please stop cutting my belly button. It's my favorite. It's my favorite belly <laughs> Excuse button. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> I think I would attack them. Yeah, um, I, I definitely like defend myself, but I feel like I'd probably die. Yeah. I a fist fight. I haven't been in one of those in a long time. I'd probably lose. Yeah. Um, but then again, it's one of those things where if it was a svelte French woman, I think I could right. take her in a fist fight. Yeah, it's if if, if I, like I'm stepping into the arena with her, I think I've got a chance. It's it's the scenario of her like having that upper hand. Yeah. I'm really like I don't think I can crawl back out from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe I would do the pull the blanket above my head, like you can't kill me if I'm under the covers. That's against the that's rules. Tr- yeah, shit, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's a good point. So you just stab that guy through the pillow, though. It's <laughs> really true. uncouth. Really uncouth. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't think I have anything else left to say about this. I don't, I don't think, think I have so, any boomer, yeah. any boomer appliance left in me. <laughs> yeah. Do I think of anything else? Let me. Mm, I don't think so. My fucking printer. I have to like have it hooked up to an internet connection. I have to have a subscription for the ink. I have a certain level, like number of pages I can print each month, and it charges me extra. I hate it so much. <laughs> you need so much. I fucking hate this. Printer. You need to get a brother printer. Yeah, I, brothers. Brothers, I the brand to go with these days. Yeah, because um, I can actually fucking just print something when I want to print something. Printers are another oh. one where it's like everyone's like, "You have a printer at home." It's like, man, there are so many times where you need to print stuff as an adult. It is so frustrating. Yeah. And finding a printer, if your office doesn't have a printer, finding a printer yeah. is a nightmare. And then you think, like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to go to FedEx Kinkos and print there. Ninety percent of the time, they're fucking closed. It'll be like yeah. 3 p.m. on a Tuesday and FedEx is like, oh, we close at 2. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. just like, how does your business stay open? I just want yeah. to print. And you get in there. Computers don't work. If they do work, it runs out of paper and there's like a line out the door. So you can't be like. Ah, and it's the slowest. Just... It's the slowest computer of all time. Yeah. Yeah. I finally yeah. understand old people that get mad at slow computers because whenever I have to use a computer, I'm just like. This is so slow. I'm like, kill me. It's, you know, when I travel, I bring my laptop and I always hate it when I have, don't need to use it. Like I just went to Boston. I didn't need to use my laptop for anything, but I've also done trips where something's gone wrong with like my bank card gets turned off or sure. my flight gets rescheduled and I need to find the day it's happening the next day. But the, you know, the airline app is still showing me it's happening that day. There's so many times where I don't have a laptop and I'm just like, fuck, this would be so easy if I had a laptop to do this. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it, they are, I, I can't imagine giving up the laptop someday. I like it. There's, there's a level to it that's just too convenient. Yeah. And it's one of those things where I, I feel like every year technology just becomes a little bit shittier and mm-hmm. it's like, they're trying to find an extra way to monetize it. And it's like, look, I would pay a little bit more to not have to deal with the bullshit of some of this stuff. Yeah, for sure. It's it's the same with like reading the news. If there was a app that I could just pick three newspapers, subscribe to them, and it aggregated all of their stories into one feed, that's that's a trillion dollar idea right there. And it's just like nobody <laughs> yeah. nobody has done that yet. It's been very frustrating um, for people like me that like reading news. But just get on Reddit. We got news on Reddit. I let's I just get on Reddit. I don't like the comments. No. Skylar and yeah, I are no, both. Of course, I think Skylar and I are both off Reddit. Um, and it's just like 
so many just brain dead people <laughs> on that website yeah. sometimes i'm just like oh stop i can't read these um so now i mostly just read quanta magazines like math science and mm-hmm. technology unless you're a math nerd it's really not that interesting yeah sounds pretty boring i don't yeah. know I'm, I'm obviously not I'm, I'm doing better about weaning myself off of news and not reading it and just reading math or philosophy instead yeah as god intended i guess <laughs> um one last tangent before we free free the viewers or free the listeners from this yeah. <laughs> is something that i hate when i'm reading math history books and the authors like comment to be like oh this guy was a genius and it's just like you know what if i grew up in a time where the only thing i could do is just sit around and do math like no cell phone no internet mm. no porn yeah. What do you have to not dis- talking to women? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you have to distract yourself other than just like sitting down and doing copious amounts of work? People are like, "Oh, this guy wrote so many proofs. He did so much for math." It's like, yeah, he had life on easy mode in the 1600s. Like, <laughs> all you had to do was escape botulism, and that was it. Like, you could just grind <laughs> away on your career. <laughs> yeah. There's a, a few other things going against you, but I think so. Yeah, I, I definitely see your point. I, I do often think about like, even like going back to like the 60s, like, oh, man, like you can't watch movies at home or anything. Like, will I just be reading books and like writing all the time? Yeah. Yeah. I would say even back to 80s and 90s. Yeah. Because it's like 90s, there was the 80s and 90s technology was like cool enough to make your life really convenient in some ways like vhs yeah um but just like just annoying enough to where you still had to interact with other people regularly right like if you wanted to rent movies you had to go to blockbuster you had to maybe talk to some snotty teen that was like yeah you should watch blood rage old man <laughs> this is a, <laughs> this is a banger dude <laughs> Imagine us working at a video store and recommending bullshit movies to people. <laughs> yeah. I it's it's wild how quickly video stores died. I thought I thought they would have lasted a bit longer, but technology swelled them right up. Yeah, and it's have you seen um fuck, what was the the movie that came out twenty twenty? Um something Novak in it about the podcasters. Vengeance, I think that is the name of the movie. Oh, yeah. Didn't that come out this year? Yeah. Um yeah, oh, twenty twenty two. Okay. Sorry, not twenty twenty. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. We're we're not still in twenty twenty. Uh no, I, I have not seen that yet. No. There's a there's a kind of a throwaway conversation in the movie where the guy talks about um someone being a, a playlist person for how they listen mm-hmm. to music. And I've thought about that more and more since I've watched it, and I do think like there is some merit to it that it does seem like now there's a lot of people that don't go out of their way to find new music and they just listen to like whatever the music app of their choice just like feeds them in like an AI generated playlist. And so I'll run into people and I'll ask them like, what have you been listening to? And I know they're listening to something because I see they have Spotify on their phone and they can't really name any of the artists they're listening to because they don't find anything. They just like listen to the playlist and don't bother to memorize any of the songs or the artists that are coming on. So I I do wonder if we are going to see eventually a return to people going back to more human curated lists for some of this stuff, um, like music and movies versus just like going by what the feed is doing. I think I showed you this last week, but I'm, I'm back to using an actual MP3 player most of the time. Oh boy. The whole thing. It's nice. It's, it's, 
there's a friction with putting music on it, but I'm forced to like engage with the music that's actually on my MP3 player. This was really nice for traveling because Spotify offline is like oh, hit yeah. or miss if it's going to yeah, work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, this has been the boomer, right. the boomer technology. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> we'll, let you, we'll let our listeners get free. Sometimes we talk about movies, but mostly we're just booming out about how much better rotary <laughs> dial phones were. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't think there's anything else for us to say. The next movie is so. my pick, and we announced it last episode. So you, you've had time to prepare, kind yeah. of. Um, but we're going to be talking about Black Christmas. Yeah, um, it's, the or- it's Christmas time. The original version of Black Christmas. Yes. Did you know there's a 1974, 20- I believe. Did you know there's a 2019 version? Yeah, I've seen it. Huh? Yeah, I didn't. It's all right. I didn't know there was a 2019 yeah. version. Yeah. And there's a there's a 2006 or something like that version as well. I hear that one's terrible, but yeah, 2019 version is uh, is okay. Yeah, the 2006 or whatever. That's the first one that I saw. Oh yeah, yeah. I I went and saw it on a date. I held the girl's hand the whole time during the movie. Oh nice, very romantic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I once uh, went uh, took a girl on a date to see Munich. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> it's a great date movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucked up thing. I had seen it already. Like I knew. <laughs> I knew. I, that's how fucking clueless I was in high school. I, I had seen Munich, and I was like, "Oh yeah, you want you want your interest in seeing Munich? Let's definitely go see music. She's, Munich again." She's gonna love the scene where the assassins botch killing someone with their bicycle pump twenty twos. Yeah, she's yeah. gonna love that. Where mm-hmm. they fuck it up and they have to shoot the guy a second time. <laughs> yeah, and that woman is now. Uh, someone who dumped me after a month so you know uh what can you say yeah all right well thank you listeners for joining us to talk about the movie inside hopefully you'll be back to join us again when we talk about black christmas on the next episode but between now and then if you wouldn't mind giving us a like five stars thumbs up whatever it is on the podcasting app of your choice helps us tremendously it will show us up in trending and charting podcasts. It only takes a second of your time. And yeah. hopefully one day we'll have that Casper mattress sponsorship we've been dreaming of. We're looking for it, guys. We need it. And, we need it. <laughs> and if you want to reach out to us, we're still on the Bird app at The Horrorous on Twitter. Um, comments, criticisms, concerns are always welcome constructive criticism all right let's be nice it doesn't even have to be constructive you can just say fuck you <laughs> Sorry, right. there. kevin's the one who looks at it so that's fine uh, so if you want to just shit on him i there's a there's a block button for a reason you know yeah yeah all right well if if, if you get like a bunch of tweets that are just like criticisms of me i want you to not tell me i I'm going to edit in some audio from a phone call i got at my previous job where this woman called my office and threatened to murder me um, and said that she was going to set me on fire to kill me. Um, I'm used to That's some too much. I mean, yeah, I'm used to some criticism. She was unwell. It's cl- yeah. it's clear when you listen to the call, she's unwell. But I'm going to put it here for the listeners to enjoy. Um, yeah, and give them a little insight into what life working in public radio is like. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, thank you for listening, and we'll be back with Black Christmas on Christmas Day. Hello, sweet sweet listener. I know that I promised you some audio from a phone call I received at work. I'm going to edit that in <clears throat> after this little update here. Um, but I just want to say that I did report this when I got it. Uh, it's pretty clear that the woman is just unwell 
and had access to a phone and was probably just looking up phone numbers to call. But <clears throat> I have a couple calls from this person. And the other thing is that this segues really good into the next episode because Black Christmas, the movie revolves around a set of ominous phone calls that people in a household receive. So hopefully you enjoy this little snippet of a behind the scenes into what my day-to-day life is like, I guess, um, or was like. And hopefully we will find time to record between now and Christmas Day so I can edit an episode and get you Black Christmas on Christmas. But if we don't get that up, hopefully you enjoyed the holiday and did something special with friends and family And from Walter and I, we wish you a happy holiday season and a happy new year. Message. Alaska State Governor Parnell, Sean Parnell and Lisa Murkowski ordered an assassination attack on an American Christian family. October 30th, 2001, 11.901, even to take the record it is recorded on the worldwide internet. Delana Dixon does not think like the norm, and if she is found in the Copper River Valley, she will be in trouble with the law. The law who uses assault weapons in on women and children in their broken down, frozen vehicles and frozen windshields and uses assault weapons on innocent women and children broken down. God is not mocked. Murder is against the law. And every day of my life, I will curse the heathen, the heathen son of a bitch that my father is going to execute like he cannot even imagine. My father is going to execute that heathen, the heathen son of a bitch like he cannot even imagine. Execute judgment on the such as he has never seen yet, said the Lord. And thus said the Lord and the Holy Ghost. And when I don't kill of you, my father will. And, and the only way I can kill a whole nasty lot of you, ugly mob lot of you, is with fire, just like my father's gonna do. And I'm told to melt you all. I'm told to melt you slimy son of a bitches. Melt you, and I will melt them, every one of them, said the Lord of hosts. Amen. God is not mocked, murders against the law. And this is my land and my country and my nation. And it is my lifeblood that you have the enemy in my nation, in my country, in my land, in my, in my clinics, in my hospitals, in my schools, in my universities, in my businesses, in my organizations, in my institutions, terrorist and demon and demon possessed and demonism running rampant today in America my father and great god and savior my eternal god and great god and savior jesus christ said that uh you are without excuse today america you have no cloak for your sin today said the lord and you you are without excuse old man said the lord you're just a vile nasty ugly ugly 
that greasy, godless mob, and you will be dissolved, just like salt on slugs. Amen. When I don't kill of you, get melted of you, my father's gonna continue on and, and finish up the job for me, just like you couldn't finish your job 11901 on my precious, beloved, living with your assault weapons. Received July 25th at 5.16.